NFL playoffs have arrived, and we have you covered each day on OutKicks Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Some of the best football guests break down the biggest matchups from Armando Salguero and Donovan McNabb to Ryan Leaf and Bobby Carpenter, plus the top headlines and reaction to each playoff weekend. So, Chad, which quarterback is to that next level? The Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Tua is on this list. Got to be Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah, it's I think, his time right I now. think so. Yeah, it's, it's his time to shine. He's done it in the regular season. He's won MVP. He's going to win it again. It is time for him to win in the playoffs. Playoffs are also a time to shine for Patrick Mahomes. Can he and the Chiefs offense figure it out in order to repeat this playoff season? There's plenty of craziness on a week-to-week basis, so pull up the bar with us each weekday wherever you listen to your podcasts. NFL and more covering your favorite teams. Outkicks Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Staleness, stuckness, and reluctance. These are the three shock points in their kind of dull state when it comes to to the creative process Enneagram. I have a podcast I did recently called The Creative Process Enneagram, which is me sharing my interpretation of the creative process applied to the process Enneagram. So it's like this hybrid. And it's my interpretation based on my experience over the last 20 plus years of being a creative person, a creative professional. Uh, And so I apply some of my own experience to this, uh, and I, I'm going to be workshopping this on some of the upcoming episodes of the podcast um, and seeing what comes out as I try to flesh this out a little bit more. So in the expression of the creative process Enneagram, the main three points, while there's a lot of nuanced detail that you can look at, at the on the diagram, and I will be covering uh, at a later date, um, there are three main shock points the creative process Enneagram. Shock points are the external parts of the process, of the creative process, something that comes from the outside. And it is the spark, which is the initial prompt or idea or, you know, bout of excitement, inspiration. Uh, There's the create process, the creation process, the literally putting it together to present and put out into the world, not into the world, but uh, towards someone else to see, a mentor or client or calibrator or account manager to kind of hone it in, get through to the critique process. And the uh, it, it's sort of the, the creating process of putting your explorations into something and seeing how it pans out. And then there's the release third shock point or, uh, yeah, at the sixth point in the Enneagram that is about you know, after you've done refining it and critiquing it and you're ready to release it out into the world. It's like if you're cooking a meal, the meal is being placed on the table for someone else to eat. You're not going to take it back and continue working on it. You're done. You're putting it out into the world and continuing the cycle. And I think it's really easy to get stuck when creating anything in the process of anything. And uh, so this staleness, stuckness, and reluctance, I think, are three of these shock points in more of a lower vibrational energy. Um, Perhaps you're just not allowing for circumstances to have these things happen. And so staleness, in essence, is the lower vibrational version of the spark. And staleness is when there's perhaps just not a lot happening in life or you're not uh you're not 
experiencing anything. You're not going out. You're not having a conversation with human beings. You're not, uh, you're not maybe watching things. You're sort of in a automaticity. You're sort of in an unconscious state and it can be, or, you know, it could be depression. It could be dealing with grief. It could be in a place where you're not, um, you're, you're not emotionally prepared to take on a spark. Right. And, uh, I want to emphasize that staleness is not necessarily a thing where it's, uh, you know, I'm not blaming if you're feeling stale and you're not getting any sort of ahas or hits or excitements that it's largely circumstantial is kind of what I'm saying is that it may be because you're mourning or grieving or Maybe because there is uh, some major circumstance in your life that needs to change. Maybe you need to move. Maybe you need to go somewhere else. Maybe you need different people in your life. Maybe you need to be surrounded by people who are smarter than you or more creative than you in order to get ideas that you'd want to be willing to try in the first place. And also there's the, 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 the openness. There's a, there is an obstacle element to it. There's a mental blocker that can happen too where if you feel like you have everything or you know everything, then, you know, you're not really opening your own mental channels to be willing to receive a spark. And so that can also be a challenge as well. Or, you know, sometimes you need to rev the engine and just start doing something in order for a spark to occur. And perhaps you are, again, being more in an automaticity mode and not letting any kind of spark happen, right? So, uh, I just recorded another podcast about, um, removing the obstacles to growth. And this is really where this comes into play is that if you're feeling stale and you're not getting a spark, that's usually that they're, you're kind of in your own way and perhaps need to create some sort of inertia in, in getting into motion in some sort of sense. Um, and so the, the second, uh, major shock point is create, and the sort of low vibrational version of that is stuckness. And stuckness can occur when it could be stuckness or even stubbornness. So the, the process to create is getting through the process of direction. You have to create some direction for yourself. And then also exploring possibilities of what to do next, what to, where to go. And, um, once you start creating, you're putting your own vision into the piece. Maybe you're making a piece of art. Maybe you're photographing something. Maybe you're cooking something. Whatever the spark is, whatever the creative uh, challenge is. And perhaps you're creating it. And there can be a, a, a stuckness can occur when either you're being too precious about the early part of this process. Because this create part is still largely part of thrashing. I define thrashing uh, as a Seth Godin term as getting to 80% as quickly as possible, especially if you're working in a professional environment and you have to answer to a client or a boss or a creative director or something like that. You want to put your ideas out there as quickly as possible and um, you know make a mess of it because this is the opportunity, this first third, this this first sequence, this up to the shock point, this create part is the opportunity for you to put your fully unencumbered vision into the thing. 
right? And so this is the opportunity for you to put whatever ideas come to you into something. Now, a stuckness can occur when maybe you're not able to come up with something. And that means maybe you need to go back into earlier parts of the process. Maybe you need to get clarity on the direction. Maybe you need to do more exploration and figure out, you know, uh, uh, some more research or, you know, scour Pinterest or watch YouTube videos or go talk to a mentor or, I don't know, go, uh, go to a restaurant, uh, if you're cooking or, um, you know, get some other sources of ideas, um, and exploring possibilities. And also at the same time, uh, playing more exploration. Part of this is like playing with the process, learning things, new, learning new skills, uh, that are defined by the direction and allowing yourself to, uh, to create based on those learnings. But then also what can be a part of stuckness is creating in too precious of a way. That's why I say 80%, because if you're trying to get it to a hundred percent, that 80 to a hundred percent is the refine and critique stage. That is where you're, you need outside influence to know how to calibrate, to get to that last 90 to a hundred percent, because it doesn't even need to be a hundred percent. It just needs to be good, good enough to get out there. Um, and so this create space needs to happen uh, pretty fast and not with, without too much preciousness. And so one of the challenges with stuckness, I think, is uh, right now with the social media, I think it's really easy for, like this shock point is about community. It's about peers. It's about mentors. It's about getting some support. And so if you feel stuck, it might be because you're, again, getting in your way of creating at all. Maybe you're afraid of creating something. Maybe you have black blank page syndrome and, and you don't know what to do or where to start. Um, uh, but then it's also perhaps a fear of getting feedback. It's a fear of the critique stage. Uh, it's a fear of the next step. And I, I've had my own challenges with this where... I could just keep tinkering on something because I want it to be as perfect as possible because I don't want to face judgment. But facing a critique is how we get better. Facing, um, having someone taste it. You know, it's like you're making a soup and you're like, hey, can you taste this? Does it need something that I can't see? Because sometimes you're too close to the project. You spend so much time on it, you almost get dull to it. And it's really important to to pull back and be able to uh, get a different perspective, you know, get a second opinion. And that's kind of what this critique, this create and movement towards critique is all about. You can get stuck at the shock point because maybe you're not willing to get a critique, right? So there's kind of two ways here. You could get stuck at this stuckness shock point because perhaps you're not creating necessarily what you want to create or are not prepared yet to create what you want to create. Maybe you don't have the skills to bring your vision to reality and you need to go back and learn those skills. And so that's like kind of leading up to it. But then there's maybe also a fear of what's ahead, maybe a fear of what the critique is. And maybe you have all sorts of imaginings of what a judgment would be like, or you don't want to find out that, that there's something that you could get better at. Um, 
and there's a fear around that for whatever reason, survival-based, I don't know. There's all sorts of reasons we have fears around uh, uh, critique and refinement. So, but, you know, this is an important aspect because this is the part, you know, where this is also a developmental thing, right? So if you're, for example, kids can have all sorts of ideas, but they may not have the means to learn all of the skills that they are ready to learn yet. And so therefore they can't really be in the, uh, create stage all the time. They're constantly having to like rev up the engine and go back and say like, okay, if I want to do this, I need to learn this. If I want to do this, I need to learn this. If I want to do this, I want to, I need to learn this. They can go through the process. They can critique, they, they can create, but it might not be, um, to their own liking. And if you start to become self-conscious of what you're creating, you're not going to let yourself move through to the next. So this, this willingness to take criticism to, and I don't mean public criticism. I mean, from a community or peers or mentor, somebody who knows what they're doing, social media does not count as a part of this stage. This is social media or putting it out on your website or putting something out on the table or uh, doing a live concert or whatever it is that you're making or creating, that is the sixth shock point. That is not the three shock point. The three create shock point where you make something and then get some feedback. You're getting feedback from your community, from people who are still in a control state. So sometimes it is family and friends, people who are uh, close to you because you're not yet releasing it to the outside world, but sometimes that's a mistake too, where your mom may not know like how to write a song, right? So she could be like, oh, that's really nice, but that's not proper calibration, right? Uh, <laughs> sometimes you could get a situation with a client, for example, where you create a design and you submit your first creation, your first draft or iteration, and they're like, that's amazing, great, let's use it. And then you kind of skip over to the release stage. But um, there's usually it's not going to happen that way. There will be some sort of refinement needed and critique needed to, you know, get it out there. And so in order to do that to the best of your ability, it's this create stage is vital to have mentors or community or you know, someone who is also an artist or also a cook or also this or also that to not necessarily have to be a mentor, but someone who could, again, be an outside opinion to provide uh, a second wind, some sort of push. Because if you get all sorts of feedback or information from a person, then it's like providing a second wind. It's giving you new stuff to work with. It's like a second spark. It's another movement. It's saying, okay, now I know what to do. I, I, this needs more salt or I need to add more, um, an acid to it or something like that if you're cooking. And so the next stage is the critique stage. And then the refinement stage leading up to the third shock point, uh, you know, and critiquing involves a lot of, um, you know, that feedback, that critique that like, let's look at this, let's see what it can, what can improve. Like, does the person outside of you understand what you're doing? 
Does it taste good? Does it look good? Does it sound good? Is it a pleasing experience or whatever the intended outcome is? Is it hitting the mark? Is it communicable? Um, and all of that stuff, like asking questions, you know, what are the principles that you're trying to follow? Does it, does it honor those? And, you know, from there, then you take all of those critiques and you refine it. You do all of the work to do all the fixings and resolve any of your own fears before getting it out into the world. And sometimes this critique and refinement continues to be a community thing. You know, you kind of go back into the critique stage and say like, okay, can you take a look at this again? And then you refine it some more, you find it some more. Um, and so this bottom section, this this three to six shock point, sometimes called liberation. The first three, zero to three, is uh, sometimes called um, recognition. The second, under under at least in the process enneagram, and then underneath this three to six is called liberation. And that's really it. It's like you're you're refining this thing to prepare to release it. You're preparing to put it out into the world to no longer be something you have a hold of or control of. And that can involve a lot of fears. And, you know, in essence, this bottom section is working through those fears. And doing so with someone is an important element of getting through the stuckness and, you know, getting through this part of the process. And then there's the release part. And the release part can be uh, the, the low vibrational aspect of it can be reluctance. And so this reluctance can very much be um, a lot of personality-based stuff. It can be tendency-based. It can be uh, inexperience. It can be uh, fears. Um, or it can be arrogance. It can be uh, any number of psychological barriers can keep someone from uh, wanting to release, right? Uh, we could have codependency challenges, which it can happen and manifest in our work. We have that with people. It can happen in our work as well, where we're not willing to release the project out into the world because, um, you know, we're perhaps too attached to it and we're afraid of feedback because this is not just peer-reviewed feedback or, or community feedback. This is now going to be out into the world feedback out in public, social media, or to your email subscribers, or your YouTube subscribers, or your family eating your dinner, um, or cooking at a restaurant, or any number of things, right? Or or your readers. Um, you know, this is the point where you're having to release it to someone else, right? And, and this release phase could be releasing it to an editor. It could be releasing it to someone else, like handing it off to, for that person to now put it into the process of release, whatever it is. Like it's the same as like being a chef and handing the dish to the waiter, like whatever that mechanism is. It's, it's a form of release. It's not yours anymore. It can get kicked back. Maybe <laughs> if, 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 uh, the editor or whatever, has a final look at it and says it's not ready for release. Um, but you know, usually this, this part of release is, um, uh, often best done when there is like some sort of expediter, right? Cause then they can catch any last minute things. Um, but sometimes we're just ourselves doing it. 
sometimes we're having to, it's a process of, of faith, I think, in a lot of sense. Faith and trust, which does coincide with, with the Enneagram 6, even though these are not based on the personality types. Um, you know, the spark point is about inspiration. The create point is about will. It's about the, the just putting willful energy into the project. And then the release point is is all about faith and trust and that you've done all the work that you could you've done the best that you could you and your community or your peers or mentor or whatever and it's time it's time to get it out there and there's any number of reasons why we could be reluctant to put it out there um again it could be all personality based as an enneagram one could very much be fear of judgment fear of feedback um you know, I think any number of people can have fear of feedback, uh, regardless of their personality type. Uh, you could be, you know, too attached and logically continuing to attach yourself to the project. You could be emotionally attached to the project and not wanting to let it go. Um, and, uh, you know, this process of, of letting go becomes a part of the experience and wisdom of mastery, you know, and, uh, releasing it is important for, the most objective feedback that you can possibly get in, with a project, right? Like there's peer reviewed, there's uh, uh, the peer review of the project, but like once it's out in the public with somebody who is not in the industry, who is maybe not a part of the process, maybe you don't understand the details of the process, they get to see the outcome and the output. And if they can interpret what your intention is or it tastes good or has the intended effect, then it opens up all sorts of new possibilities and um, becomes something that you could start to develop mastery around and doing it again and again and again. And so often the release phase is the beginning of a whole new journey of life with, especially if you're in the process of trying something for the first time, you know, maybe you're writing a song for the first time and you put it out on Spotify and um, you share it with all sorts of friends, you share it on social media, whatever, and you get some feedback from people who are saying, oh my God, this is amazing or uh, whatever, you know, or you get crickets, you know, <laughs> that's the feedback that you need to um, take with you through the next process, through the next cycle. And it's important to emphasize again that these are cycles. Um, and so I want to mention that I have a video on YouTube called the, um, what did I call it? It's, it's like the creative reluctance archetypes or something like that, that I've kind of looked at Myers-Briggs and Enneagram types and looked at the possibilities of what, why someone could be experiencing reluctance of even starting a project, let alone getting into the release phase. I think any of these three phases can come into play or any of these three blockers, um, staleness, stuckness, or reluctance can happen as a result of any of these archetypes. So, uh, I can link that in the description or, um, at the end of this, or if I, I don't let me know in the comments and I will, and I will share that. Um, but if you search on YouTube, Christian Rivera archetypes, I'm pretty sure it'll come up. It'll have, uh, an image with four links from Zelda, the legend of Zelda on there with four different colors. And, uh, I'm just talking for half an hour about the archetypes. 
And I think those would be really helpful for, and maybe I'll repost it on this feed as the next thing that'll make sense. I think if I'm, I'm considering, you know, putting this all together in some sort of a package or course or something. And, uh, that next phase would be looking at what these archetypes are. So perhaps I'll, I'll repost that on, uh, as the next episode to follow sort of the linear order of this. So the idea here is that if you are able to identify staleness, stuckness, and reluctance within yourself, uh, if you're in any of these stages and perhaps no ideas are coming through or you're making something, but it's just not quite, you don't feel comfortable sharing it even with your peers, uh, there's probably reasons for that, whether that's fear of critique or perhaps you just need more learnings nor more, uh, uh, education on, uh, skills or you're in the release phase and you're reluctant about it because you're not confident in your work and you need to resolve some more of your own fears. Um, and I think that's important. This, this sort of, um, five point, six point, four, five, and six point, this, uh, critique refinement and release phase, this reluctance in this area, um, is typically all about fear and looking at all of your fears around this. And sometimes resolving a fear is having the faith to put it out and find out that whether it's a positive or negative response, like you're not going to die, you'll be okay. And, uh, part of the release is the ability to get new information, to get new feedback and to, you know, make adjustments when you go through the cycle again, when the next spark occurs, uh, or you have to go back, right? You have to go back and refine and critique start or start over. I don't know. It depends, right? There's, it's not necessarily always linear. You can kind of go back and forth depending on the situation and some, not every process completes all the way through. So, you know, it's very necessary sometimes to, uh, to, it's kind of rev up. It's like a rev up process. You know, sometimes you have to go back into discovery or exploration or creating again or critiquing again. Um, or sometimes, you know, it's like if you're cooking a steak and the steak burns, you might not be able to go back, right? You have to start over, right? So, uh, it really is variable to the experience and what it is that you're doing. But I think this is a really helpful framework to understand, you know, possible elements of being stuck and then start to consider how you can get out of stuckness. Now, this is, I'm talking generally, right? And this is based on some of my own experience, but I want to know more about your experience if you're having any issues with getting through the creative processes? Where do you tend to get stuck? And um, perhaps share some of your story. Like, what are you trying to create? What are you um, having trouble with? Uh, what are you really good at? Which process do you feel like you have a, an easier time with? Um, and uh, Or if you figured out some some hacks for yourself, like share that too. I would love to hear that either in the comments below, or you can send me an email at christian at happychemicals.org. I'd love to hear some of your story and share that on some upcoming podcast episodes as I start to explore and build some of uh, this idea and see if it's something that I can continue to build upon and if it's actually helping um, in any kind of way, because I think it's pretty interesting. But I'm 
putting it out into the world to see if there's feedback, right? Uh, so uh, I appreciate your feedback and support. Uh, please like and subscribe and share and all that fun stuff. Uh, happychemicals.org, we've got courses. And uh, YouTube has just enabled the super thanks feature on this podcast. So if you hit the heart icon on YouTube, you can leave a small tip, uh, $2, $5, or up to $50, I believe. If you're feeling so inclined, that would be amazing in support of doing more stuff like this. Um, and, you know, I work for myself, and uh, uh, I'm, I have no one else paying my bills. <laughs> so I appreciate your support if that's something you're willing to do. Um, we also have courses, though, as well, to supplement your learning and uh, continued um, you know, personal growth journey, uh, using Myers-Briggs. If you're an INTP sharing more of my own personal experience and all of that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to say what's next cause I don't want to jinx, my, jinx myself, but, uh, hopefully this and the previous podcast about the creative process Enneagram has been helpful to you. Leave your comments below and I'll catch you next time on dopamine and other happy chemicals. See ya.